Um, our quote for the week is, what you tell yourself every day will either lift you up or tear you down. You know, and, and that's real the, the fact of the matter. You will never go in life past what you think you're capable of doing. You always have to stretch yourself. If, if, if you, you know, we, we all got goals and aspirations. The difference is who's willing to do the work to, to, to get to their dream. Uh, that's the difference, you know. If you do nothing, you'll never accomplish a dream. You know, it takes effort, it takes work, it takes discipline, you know. And, and that's why I reckon, I come to like that about Christianity. It's, it's, it's all based on me. How much time, effort am I willing to, to spend with the Lord to get His direction, His insight in, in my life? You know, it's, it's, however, you know, what I do in this life is, is, is based on what I'm willing to do. In there. All right, uh, we are on page 15. We're going to talk about decisions today, but let's go to Isaiah 58. We're going to go to page 15 and go to Isaiah 55. We'll read this out of the King James and then I'll, uh, I want to read it out of the New Living. And it's a very familiar passage here. <clears throat> it's Isaiah 55 and 8. So we all, we all there? It says, this is God talking. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Now, I want to inject something before we read the rest of it. We have written in that we can't understand God. He didn't say that we could never get to His thoughts and never get to His level. That's not what it said. He just said, I think on a different plane than you do. I never think failure. I never think lack. I never think loss. I never think any of those things. My thoughts are always, I believe what I say will come to pass. I speak it and it happens. In the, his thought plane is 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 always on that success level. Verse ten: For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return unto me void but will accomplish that which I please and prosper in the thing whereunto I sin it. Now, in that one verse, the 11, everything Jesus did on the earth come out of that one verse. What did Jesus say? I only say what I hear my Father say. That's what He did. So, God is saying here that there's enough faith in my words that it'll go forth and it'll accomplish that thing that it needs to accomplish. It won't return void. It won't return empty. It won't not accomplish its mission. That's why when when we need to learn to say what God says about us, what God says about our situations and our problems, and that way there's enough faith in that on itself to, to, to bring it to pass. See? I wasn't going to read 11 and 12, but let's read it. If you do 11, this is, this is 12 and 13 is what will happen. For you shall go forth with joy and be led forth with peace. 
The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn will come up the fir tree, instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. So all those things that used to be bad, gonna, gonna turn around and, and, and be good. I want to show you this out of the New Living, verse 11. It in verse 11. It is the same with my... Oh, let's make some contents. Let's go back and get 10. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and stay on the ground towards the earth, they cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. So he said, it is the same with my word. That's how my word works. That's how my process works. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. So what did Jesus also say? What did, what did the gospel say about Jesus? He sent his word and it healed them. So he didn't even have to be there. He just sent his word and, and it healed them. And we have to understand how, <clears throat> and that's the hard thing for Christians. We don't, we don't really believe our words matter, but words are spiritual containers. That's what they are. Everything God has ever done, He's done it with words. The earth, the created, all that was done with, with words, see? So our words are very important because we, we believe what we say. When we do something that's, that's not pleasing to the Lord, we feel bad, we, we say things about how disappointed we are in ourselves, and we, we believe those things, see? And those things will come to pass in our lives, see? We, we, we have to start believing that we can win, that it, something good can happen to us, that, that it don't always have to happen to somebody else. Somebody's got to come out on top. Why not you? We got to start thinking that way. Why can't it be me this time that, 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 that get, that, that gets the break? Why can't it get me this time that, that gets ahead? See, we got to start thinking like that instead of the other way is, well, I got more month than I got money, or I don't know what I'm going to do, or I won't, you know, I don't ever, I don't ever catch a break, you know. I can't, I can't win for losing. See, all those things we're saying, what are we doing? We are spiritually reinforcing that in our life. And we license in the devil to continue giving us that, that same problems, those same issues all the time. And life just beats us down. Life's not supposed to be a beatdown. It's supposed to be fun. You gonna have problems? Yes. Decisions. Page 15. If it is God's will for His people to prosper abundantly, why are so many Christians broke? That is a good question. If it's God's will for His people to prosper abundantly, why are so many Christians broke? The answer is decisions. Our decisions decide our prosperity. God stopped making decisions for us the day we were born. Why did He do that? Because we are free moral agent. If He makes decisions for us, then on the day of judgment, it would no longer have been our choices. It would have been His choices. We free moral agents, and when we stand before God, every decision we make in our life is a decision we made and the devil put pressure on you to make wrong decisions, but we have to be able to, he has to have a clear, I mean, conscience ain't the right word, and the day of judgment, 
that you made all the choices in your life and this is where it got you and, and, and he will lead you and try to get you to make right choices, but the ultimate choice is 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 ours. So so the one of the things that really slapped me hard when I began to learn these principles was I'm where I am and I was in a bad place at that time in life, me and Angie both. I'm where I am because of the sum total of the decisions I've made in my life. That's why I'm where I am. Well, well, then on the opposite side is if I stop making those kind of decisions, then I can be somewhere else. See, and it's just a slow process, but you got to start somewhere. Uh, but you got to look in the mirror and be happy with that person that you see in the mirror. That that that's the first step. You you, you got to come to grips with 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 that person in the mirror and become brutally honest with that person about how 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 you feel about yourself, how you feel about life. How you feel about those things and then start addressing them according to God's word and change that thinking. Because most of the time we see ourselves on, on the short end of the stick. We very seldom when we have a problem do we see ourselves off the bat as a winner. We always see ourselves as, hey, this thing's gonna hurt me. This thing's gonna cause some harm, some loss, some, some pain. We, we never take that, uh, that 180 from that uh, when we have a problem until we start Learning these things and, and changing our concept of how we how we think. Why does it have to turn out bad? You see all these stories about how it turned out good for somebody. I'm a somebody. Why not me? See? All right. God does not decide if I love His Word, obey His voice, or pursue His mentorship. God does not decide my attitude. My dad used to always tell me this. A good attitude don't cost you nothing. A good attitude don't cost you. It don't matter what's going on. You don't have to be snappy and cranky and 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 all of that. A good attitude don't don't cost you nothing. My level of it, my God does not decide my attitude, my level of education, my work ethic. God does not decide if I save money or lose money through frivolous spending. God does not decide the amount of time I spend with Him listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit for financial instruction. Have you ever noticed, and we all might have been guilty of this, because we're talking about prospering in hard times. Most every time we think we're going to get an allotment of money, whether it be a tax return, a bonus, an inheritance. First thing we do is start thinking about how we're going to spend that. That's the first thing we do. We start thinking how we're going to spend that. You know, and 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 I try this with all the young people I talk to, and and even young young adults. What Grandpa and Grandma leaves you is not for you to have a big screen TV. And not for you to go off on a, on a big vacation. They work their whole life and sacrifice to give you a better life and you don't think any more about them than just to blow it all. You know, and we see it all, all the time. You know, that money was, 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 was sacrificed to get to give you opportunity that they didn't have. And we have to teach our kids that and we have to learn that too. 
you know, that, that, that inheritance is, you know, once you blow it, it's blown, and then that's all their life meant to you was, was a vacation or a TV or, or a new car. That, that's all their whole life meant to us, you know. And instead of taking that and, and doing something with it and letting it be a foundation for, for, for you and, and, and for your kids to come. Alright? If the first key to our prosperity lies in our own decision making, then our most important need should be obvious, should be wisdom. Now, I want to say this too. I had a note here, um, and I did not, and this is something you, you need to talk to your kids about, especially those that just graduated, coming up, young adults. If they'll start their life on this principle, that'll always be okay. Tie ten, you save ten, you live on eight. Always base your life off of eighty percent of your income. You'll always be in this shape. Your your kids, if they would just do that, you know, if, if you get your kid to say five dollars a week from from the time they turn fourteen, they'll have over a million dollars when they turn sixty-five. Five dollars a week, just put it in the savings account. It don't seem like much. But how many has ever ever put five dollars a week up? See, and then that. But, but but we have to teach our kids these things ourselves. But then more than teach them, they have to see us living it too. Because if we just tell them to do something we don't do, then they they know if we two faced or not. We're not we're not fooling them. But if you can get your kids to do ten, ten, eighty, they'll always be in in pretty good financial shape. And it, and it's not hard when you start that way. It's hard for us that have got into life and got bills and prop and houses and and things to try to retrofit and go back to this because all of our money is allocated and, 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 and used up. It's a hard principle to go back to, but when they get their first job, it's not a hard principle to start. Can you talk to them, them younger people? Do you talk to them whenever like get the money and this money you saying it to go for the TVs and the vacations, but basically to give you a path in life where you don't have to have that second job and you you can have right. that time to. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's something in all of them that something they see, something they can put together that you know, that may be setting it up for the next generation, but they need the time to you know for them to understand that you know they they have a strong part of their physical life, so they think they can work two jobs or work twenty hours a day. That's right. Instead of taking that time and, and putting in an effort of finding one good job, mm-hmm. you know, instead of three poor jobs, you can have one good job right. if you focus it the, the right way. We always try to teach our kids when they got birthday money or, or no matter where the money come from, we, we, we tried to, we always, if they, when they were in children's church, we let them tithe in children's church. But we taught them that from the beginning. It don't matter if it's birthday money or Christmas money, whatever, you get God's, His first. Uh, and then they, that's not a foreign concept to them. Now, a lot of the new members in our family, it's been a big shocker when they come into our family and see, see how we, how we live, uh, you know, uh, in, in these principles that, that we have. It's, it's, it's a shocker to them, but it's only because they never, they were not taught it. And my kids get aggravated with their mates and boyfriends and girlfriends because of what, and I say, look, you can't, you can't do that because they don't know. You come up with it and you, 
it's second nature to you. You know nothing else, you know. And and to be aggravated with them, you know, you got to put your place there that they weren't taught that, you know. You know, and we got to bring them in and, and, and teach them these things. And all right, page seventeen. I tell my kids all the time, I say, your problem, y'all, y'all never, y'all don't know what it is to want or not to have. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but, you know, they all work, they're not lazy, but, but they don't really, they never don't know what it is for, for ends not to meet. And I, and that, 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 I reckon that's a blessing. You, I don't have, want to come across the wrong way. Page 17. How much of your time is spent trying to impress people who have no personal interest in your dreams or goals? That's a mouthful right there. You see it all the time. Keeping up with the Joneses. Alright, page 18. We're going to get into the specifics of decision making here. The law of listening. The secret of Noah. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. A master key to prospering in any area of life is is to immediately honor the inner impressions of the Holy Spirit. It was the master secret of Noah. Go to John chapter 10. Now there's certain scriptures that I saved them on my phone. But there's certain scriptures you need to read every day. And you'll have to decide which ones they, they, they are for you. But this is one for me here. Because if I can understand how to hear from God in every... It's possible never to make a bad decision. If we can learn to hear His voice. But most of the time, we haven't trained ourselves to it, and we go off and we make a bad decision. Then we come back and we say things like, "Man, I wish I'd have prayed about that," or "I never thought about that." We just went off and done it, and and, and now we're behind the eight ball. But I have started. I, I, I say this scripture. I read the scripture every every morning. In there, let's see. <clears throat> we're starting. We're starting verse two, John ten, verse two. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. So that verse 4 and 5, <clears throat> I like it in the Amplified. We won't take time to read it. But it's saying here that, and I say every day, I thank you, Lord, I, I, I hear your voice. I hear your voice. I don't miss it. I, I hear it every time. And the wrong voice, I, I run from it. I, I, I see it instantly. I I understand that this is something trying to lead me in the wrong way. And I practice that. And, and But you have to practice this too. That information from God comes from in your spirit. It don't come from in your head. You have to always... When, when you're looking for that decision or you're looking for those words, you, 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 you listen in here. It'll come up this way. And you'll know it. You won't, you won't have to wonder about it. You'll know it. it. It'll come this way. It ain't outside knowledge entered in. It's inside knowledge that goes out. 
See, and you start. And, but most of the time, in the beginning, it's going to be impressions. It's going to be a, you're going to feel a void. You're going to feel a, a, a restlessness, and, and that that's how the the leading will start. And then when you're in the right place, you'll you'll just feel a peace on the inside. You'll just feel a peace. But it all starts in in our spirit, which is here. See. And it flows up. It don't. It's not outside information coming in. You'll realize that when, when you start having it, you'll say, you, you'll know it. You'll just know that that thought come up in you. It didn't come out to you. And, and, and that's how you start recognizing his promptings, his leadings, his his voice. And then he'll remind you of things. Uh, and you'll just know that it, that that it's him doing it. But you got to start believing that you can hear that and that you don't follow the wrong because it takes faith. <clears throat> See, there's three voices. There's our voice, our own human spirit voice. That one that goes in your head all the time. You know, it talks to you all the time. You know, you know that voice pretty good. Uh, then you got the devil's voice and you got God's voice. And, and, and when you're early in this thing trying to learn to hear his voice, you have to learn to decipher which it is. You know, uh, but, but you have to do it by faith. And he says here that he won't lead you in the wrong way. So say, Lord, I believe this was you. I'm, I'm stepping out in faith. I, I, I thank you that you're not leading me in the wrong way. Because it's going to be a faith step. If it's not faith, if you already know the outcome, then there's no faith. And then you know automatically that's not God. Because it has to be by faith. Everything He does is pushing you out a little bit further. A little bit further. It's always going to be outside of your box. Always outside your comfort zone. He's going to just urge you, urge Because you, you got to trust Him, see? You got to trust him and learn to hear him and learn to follow him. And the good thing about it is, when you're doing it with a with with, with a, a good, honest heart, when you do mess up, then he'll help you fix it like it never never happened. So don't don't be scared to to, to mess up, you know. And, and, and I see this a lot too when when people are learning to you know when when not learning that's not the right word, but when people start you know uh, speaking in tongues and in interpretation, this all it's all by by faith. You know, when God, you know, don't be so worried if God leads you to pray for somebody. If you missed it, what have you heard? If you still pray, you prayed for them, you couldn't have done much wrong. You know, don't, you know, don't, don't, you, you got to start stepping out and you got to start trusting because it's always going to be uncomfortable. Those messages like that, do you think, is it possible that, that something we want to do or is, there, or is the devil ever involved? Where we I can tell you this. If you want to do it the first time you step out, when you do, you're just going to feel a flush. You're going to feel like you just lost everything. That anointing is just going to, boom, it's going to evaporate and it's going to be gone. And you're going to realize you in the flesh, you were wrong. And that's how you teach. That's how you learn. There's nothing wrong with that. We, we all we all done that, and, you know, and, and, and you're all going to do it if you haven't done it. If you try to do this, you'll, you'll know just as soon as you you step out where you're not supposed to be, you'll feel it. It'll just, poof, it'll just, it'll just leave you. Because we all we've all had that feeling where we disappointed God, right? I mean, boom, you you'll get it right then. You start saying, "Oh Lord, I missed it. I'm sorry. I I repent." And He's not mad at you because you're learning. You're learning. You know. Now, if you do it for twenty years and you're still making the same mistake, He's probably gonna slap you upside the head because that's all on you. <laughs> that's all on you. You know. But the first time you button your shirt up wrong, your pastor didn't get really mad because you tried, right? You you did do something. It might have been a little bit off, but you did something. See. And it's out taste it. You got to do something to get started, you know. <clears throat> kind of like, kind of like I, what I used to 
tell the tell baseball players, you know, if you go up there and play and you strike out, you strike out swing, I'm okay with that. Because at least you're showing me you're trying to hit the ball. You know, if you go up there and strike out and you look at one going right down the middle and you sit there and just look at it and you you know, you showing me, you know, it tell Make you no Most of the moments too big. <laughs> I mean, that's the same thing, thing with us, you know. But don't I learned this too. Don't get locked in to it's gotta be a certain way. You know. Uh, Lord, I'm I'm believing for that, that blue Chevrolet. Why? Why are you locking yourself into it? Huh? That might be the biggest lemon they ever been. That's what you want to know is which one is the right one for me. Right? So don't don't lock yourself into it. It's got to come this way because then you've already missed it, and it ain't. It may come that way, but it's gonna it's gonna be a, what I call an Ishmael. So when born of the flesh, it's gonna be something you made happen that you ain't never gonna be happy with, you know. And let let him develop it, and let him do it. Don't 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 have any preconceived ideas of how it's gonna be or where it's gonna come, or just just leave leave all that alone. You know? All right. So he says, Noah listened. Noah is a fascinating man to study. You know, he was to me, he is to me too. You know, Noah pulled off the, at this point in time, the biggest faith feat that ever been. He built an ark and believed God and it had never even, it never had rain. The water was, the earth was watered from a mist that come up every, every, every day. You know, he put off his biggest faith feet, and then just as soon as he did, what's the next thing he done? He got rip roaring drunk and took off all his clothes. I mean, he did the biggest faith feet that had ever been done, and then turned right back around and and fell off the wagon. You know, huh? He was extremist. Yeah, he done it wide open. Yeah, yeah. But but if but if you read about Noah, God didn't get mad with him. Noah repented. And he blessed Noah and gave Noah the same blessing that he gave Abraham. Of course, then Noah gave it to give it to to, to uh, Adam. You know, then Noah gave it to Abraham. You know, but just because we pull it off one time, we're not scot free and and and, and never going to make another mistake. And uh, but read that about Noah. Yeah, he he got naked running around in the tent, and the boys had to go in there and try to calm him down and cover him up. And, <laughs> Alright, I, I was right about this whole thing. I got it right. I did it right. Yeah. <laughs> Take a little wine for my stomach. <laughs> but you know, the difference in them and us, they could do all that and it wasn't kind of sin because there was no law against it. That's why, that's why God couldn't do anything with Cain when he killed Abel. There was no law against it. See? And that's why we, they, they made the law to, to, for people, to, to be a, punishment might be the right word, but I said the punishment for sin or recognition of sin. See, all that stuff that happened before the law in Moses was not counted against those people because there was no law against it. That's why they could have ten wives and a hundred concubines and uh, there was no law against it. Because when Adam failed, <clears throat> there, there was no standards until God give, give that to Moses. So if you read those first five books of the Bible, that's why they read different about those people than it did those people after. How many children did Noah have? How many children did Noah have? 
Three boys. And three boys. But he may have been so good, but Babylon, y'all hit me out here. The Babylon talks about those three three boys. You talking about uh, how smooth he, 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 how he was to talk his wife into it, but also he taught his son to they had to believe in their father. Makes you wonder if 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 your children trust you as much as Noah's children trusted him. Yeah, come on, you're right. I thought about that, but they they had to follow suit to help him get this done. After the first few raindrops, they probably. Yeah. Probably didn't matter that it was going to jump off. <laughs> yeah. They had to pay. They'd already shut the door by then, though, hadn't they? Hadn't they already shut the door by then? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So they had to make the decision. Am I right? They went in a whole two days before it started so. raining. Something. He put them in there and they shut the door and they, whether they slimed it, the Bible calls it slime. I don't know what it was. They, they, I was when they said they pitched it from within and pitched it from without. And I'm always like, well, who was outside doing the pitching from without? <laughs> Some of them folks that didn't want to get on the boat, I reckon. I, I don't know. <clears throat> but then it's too late, though. When 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 when, when you miss the boat, where else will that saying come from? Isn't it? So Noah is a fascinating man to study. Nothing in the Bible is ever said about his prayer life. Yet he and his family alone were chosen by God to survive the destruction of the ancient world. Noah was chosen according to the Bible because he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But Noah's master's secret to his family surviving the flood was found in Hebrews eleven seven. All it says this about Noah: he was chosen because he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Why was Abraham chose? A whole different reason Abraham was chose. God chose Abraham because he would teach his children these blessing principles. If you read, that, that's why Abraham was chose because he would teach his children. And that's why you see that same blessing on Abraham went to Isaac, to Jacob, on, on down to Jesus and, and to us. It says, all right, Hebrews 11 says, By faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness which is according to faith. Go to John 16. You already in John. It's another scripture I say every day. It's John 16. Just a couple of pages of my sticking together here. John 16, 13. Be there. It says, How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. It says here, when the Spirit of truth is come, he's come, he will guide you into all truth. And I marked out you there, and I put, I read it like this every day. He will guide Vic and Angie into all truth. He shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show Vic and Angie things to come. That's how I read it. It, it, it. Because it's written to me. This Bible's written to me. It's written to you. Put, put your name in it. And I say every day, thank you, Lord. Nothing don't surprise me. Nothing don't catch me off guard. I see it before it happens. I, I, I see out there. I know what's going on. I, I, you know, but, but you constantly got to be practicing His Spirit. You know, and, and read it every day. And, and don't just read it in a hurry to get through where you can get on and get ready to go to work or whenever you do it. Take, 
if you ain't with five or six scriptures, whatever you just choose, take time with them every day. And when you read that scripture, add 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 that personal touch to it. You know, you know thank you, Lord. I'm not going to be caught off guard today. I'm not. I'm, you know, nothing's going to surprise me today, Lord. You know, and go ahead and make those confessions of faith. With it. it don't have to be long and lengthy. Just, just you know, but just do it every day. Then it'll become become a part of you as you do it. That's, that's how faith come. By hearing, see, you keep doing, you keep doing, you keep building, keep building, keep building, and then you'll begin to, you start doing something, and you'll feel uneasy, and you say, "Well, wait, wait, wait," because this is what you follow all day. You follow this right here. What is this saying? Is it is it is it is it in good shape, or is it turned over upside down? Is it just a little, you know, when when that thing starts not feeling like you know it's supposed to feel, then you just got to stop. Oh, what's going on here, Lord? Is, is am I missing something? But then sometimes you know, um, just normal everyday. Sometimes we just get up with a hole in our stomach, and we don't ever really even know why. We just get up with that, with that feeling, you know. Uh, but 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 we need to address that because that that's that's the leading of, of the Bible says follow peace. That's what you do. You follow peace in everything. If you're gonna make a purchase, if you're gonna make a decision, if you're talking to your kids. It don't matter. If you just to drive the work, follow follow that peace. If I don't feel it, I got to stop and see what that caution light's about. I don't just run through it because it could be detrimental to me, to my children, to to whoever, whatever. See. Sometimes you know, when I ask you around, family, workers, whatever, you come out, you the expectation and all that. I ain't got that far yet. I'm still on that scripture. Be anxious for nothing. You know, you know, about don't matter what the pressure is. Don't no matter what the problem is. Don't be don't be don't be. You know that that little feeling you 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 get. Don't don't be anxious about nothing. Nothing. I I still got to get past that uh, because I'm 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 way way better, but but I'm I'm still very quick. Cause I'm just a bottom line person. I, I I don't I don't want all these hoops and frills and just tell me, you know, just tell me. Don't don't you know people hem haul around and takes them all day to tell you something because they think you know they might get mad about it or it might offend you. But you know I don't I, I get aggravated with that more than I do what you're gonna say. Just just say it. Just put it out there. It may it may choke me for a few days, but I'll eventually if it's the truth, I'll eventually chew it up and swallow it, and I'll be better for it. You know, it may take me a little while. But but I don't like all and and man, my youngest, they know it when they come and I, and I just say stop it, stop the foolishness. What you got to say, just say it. You know, I don't. I just, I'm just that's how I am. I just I just I don't have time. I don't have time at the right word. I don't want to take time for all that mumbo jumbo because it don't mean nothing. 
You're going to try to explain to me all the things you did that caused the problem. And none of that don't solve the problem. Just tell me what the problem is and tell me what you're going to do about it and let's go on. It don't take that long. I want to tell them boys a word. When they ask me something, I tell them I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Because if I sugarcoat it, you're going to misunderstand something. Yeah. I'm going to just tell you what you, I'm going to give you the answer that you got to have instead of me trying yeah. to sugarcoat it and drag it out and try to make it sound sweet when at the end of the day, you just need to hear that, the answer. Yeah. None of that other stuff that goes along with. He, you know, me and Pastor, we've been together over twenty-five years. The Lord, that's a long story. The Lord paired us up, and most of y'all know the know the story. But you know, people say things like, "Well, I'll try." They're not gonna do it. Just go say, "I ain't gonna do it." I'll try to make it, Pastor. No, you won't. You ain't gonna try. You just ain't coming. Just go ahead and say it. You know, well, I didn't come to church Sunday night. I didn't figure you lying. You lying. You felt all right. You just didn't want to come. So anyway, y'all know I, I like the Dallas Cowboys, even though they ain't that great right now. They was in the day. But anyway, I won't ever get look on his face. He got so mad at me. I come. I, I never out of church if I don't tell him. I, I'm not saying y'all do that. That's, I just I always let him know that I'm not going to be there. Um, so anyway, it, it was a Sunday night. And uh, I, I told him, I said, Marcy, I'm not going to be there tonight. He said, what you doing? I said, I'm staying home watching Dallas Cowboys. He got so mad. <laughs> mad first time I ever heard it. I said, what do you want me to say then? That I don't feel good, I ain't coming tonight and lie to you? Or you want me to tell you the truth? What do you want? You know? And that's just, just how, how, how I am, you know? If, you know, if there's no reason lying about it, that's what I'm going to do, you know? So, so just, just be, you know, the Bible says, let you yay be yay. It don't... You want to do it, you're not out to hurt people's feelings, and that's not what I'm saying. You don't want to be dogmatic and, and, and try to have a little little couth about what you do, but but be honest about it. You know, if you're going to stay out of work because you want to go to the beach, tell your boss, say, I'm going to the beach, instead of calling in sick. Well, you done told a lie. Well. So, so, so you done stepped outside the blessing now. The devil to knock you in the head before you ever get to the beach. Just go ahead and lay it out there. Because if you're a good employee and you do what you're supposed to do and you got the vacation time, he ain't going to say a whole lot about it. Now, if you want them fence riders to show up late that does the minimum requirement, that's going to put pressure on you to tell him that you're sick. Because <coughs> he already looks at you a different way. And How do we get off on this stuff? <laughs> Let's read this scripture before we get out of here. <clears throat> All right. In the... the Contemporary English says, The Spirit shows you what is true and will come and guide you into the full truth. The Spirit does not speak of His own. He will tell you only what He has heard and He will let you know what's going to happen. So there should be no more surprises. He's going to let you know what's going to happen. So like I said, that's, that's one of the, the Scriptures that I say every every week, I mean every day. All right, we'll read this other paragraph right here and we'll start back next week on, on this. So Jesus promised that His return to the earth, as His return to earth grows closer, He would do for the end time believers what He did for Noah. He would divinely warn them of things not yet seen. God will give you a specific plan to prosper in the coming storm. All right, now, but whose responsibility is it to find the plan? It's my responsibility. God's not just going to drop it on me. 
It's my responsibility. He has a plan that's going to take care of me through all this chaos and all that's going on and this coming. But it's up to me to get with him and find out what my part of the plan and what I'm supposed to do. Because if I do what I'm supposed to do, then he's guaranteed me coverage. He's guaranteed me help if I do my part of the plan. Just as Noah rose above the waters of judgment, you too can rise and prosper when others are experiencing economic chaos and financial loss. Noah's secret was the law of listening. He was open to hearing from God something that did not make sense to his mind, but was right for him and his family. Then he's going to go on and say prior about the flood. Jump down to the last paragraph. I'm trying to finish this before we go. His family's future survival did not depend on the love of God, but on his willingness to listen and obey the instruction of God. God gave Noah a plan for the coming storm, but left Noah the responsibility of building the ark. And that's basically what today's lesson is about. Is, is our willingness to listen and obey is going to determine how we end up and what comes in, in, in these coming storms. But He'll give you the plan, but then it's up to us to, to walk it out. Alright, well thank y'all. Y'all have a good week. Go. Now put that chicken on.